What is the future of Saskatchewan's real estate market? Are we going to see continued restrictions in supply and that leads to higher than average sales? Or are we in for a cooling off period? I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. This week on the podcast, we sit down with Chris Bacorbu, an economic analyst. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Welcome to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. And today, back by popular demand, we're joined by Chris Bacorbu, economic analyst. Chris, thanks so much for coming on again. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Chris, give us a little intro of what you do and who you are. Right. So I'm, yeah, like you said, Chris Bacorbu, the economic analyst for the Saskatchewan Realtors Association. I pretty much analyze the real estate market in Saskatchewan. I do a bunch of statistical work as well. And you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the stats guy at the SRA. And you know, if anybody has any stats questions, I'm the go-to guy. We, so we I, love I have numbers. a lot of fun. We love yeah. numbers because that makes it easier to quantify what's happening out in the market. And we're going to touch on that at the very beginning here. We're just about to wrap up the first five months of 2021. How can we describe Saskatchewan's real estate market during that time? It's been absolutely amazing. You know, it's probably one of the best markets that we've seen, well, really ever. You know, across the province, we had a record setting um, 715 sales in March, followed by an all-time record, 1,860 sales and 1,860 sales in April. Uh, this is more typical of numbers that we typically see in June or July. Um, for May so far, we're about 22% higher than we were last year as well. So, you know, things are just kind of going along quite well. That's really incredible. So we touched on this a little bit in our last episode, but is this pent up demand that we're seeing or what, what kind of factors are going into this incredible surge in 2021? I think part of it still is that pent up demand, you know, people um, who weren't able to get into the real estate market last year um, for whatever reason, you know, still wanting to, to get out there. Um, you know, I've heard again some anecdotal reports, people, you know, in apartments and not wanting to get into homes. So I think there's, again, some of that pent up demand. People just really want to get their own space, um, particularly in these COVID times. I think, you know, the lower mortgage rates definitely help as well, although those are probably going to start going up a little bit but you know right now and it's again the people are just wanting to buy right and even something like the stress test changing on june 1st is going to have a little effect on those borrowers who are kind of up against that maximum amount there absolutely and i'll touch upon that a little bit shortly too fantastic so are there any communities that had significant increases during this time yeah, some communities have seen rather large increases. You know, every community that we do look at has been up. Um, you know, Melford and Humboldt have seen the largest increases. Melford's up 340% from where it was last year. Humboldt up 200% from last year. Um, Melville is, um, is up about 47%. So it's probably the slowest growing community uh, that we've tracked so far. But again, things are just kind of going really strong. Touch on the communities that you do track, Chris. Uh, is, is there a number amount that kind of makes it that puts you in the, uh, where, where you're actually going to follow those towns and cities? Uh, it's kind of just the, the larger centers. Um, Korea does do the HPI in kind of our larger centers, and those are the ones that we now track just because <clears throat> we've got data to, to support that. 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely the, the larger communities. Um, I think probably about 5,000 plus. Okay. So when we're looking at the average home price currently, how is that different from what we usually see? Okay. So yeah, I, I know you asked about average. We started doing the HPI just because it is a little bit um, Sorry, more what accurate. is the HPI, Chris? So, yeah. So the HPI is the home price index. It's a measure put out by CREA and Altus Group that kind of compares um, houses with similar features rather than kind of just a here's one house compared to another house that might not even be remotely related. So the HPI does give a kind of a, a better or more accurate reflection of prices and price trends. So we, we're, we've gone with that. Um, if you look at the HPI, um, you know, in April, the benchmark price in the province was $283,900. Well, in 2016, it was 288800 So down 1.7%. Um, really, prices peaked in the province in July of 2014 at 294800 And other than a six-month blip in 2019, um, prices were kind of on a steady decline until February of last year. So really what we're seeing with prices is kind of a return to historic levels. You know, even though prices have been going up, <clears throat> we're just kind of going back to where they were. Interesting. So we haven't quite hit, like we're, we're not yet going past that past, high mark yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just again, kind of that return to, to where it was. Um, whether we'll, we'll go past where it was, hard to say. But I'd say, you know, last year was surprising. It wouldn't surprise me if we didn't go a little bit higher this year. As we kind of edge those watermarks up and up. So I think that kind of ties into a question, but I'll, I'll get to it now. When we're talking about supply and demand and the loosening and maybe tightening of some of that supply, uh, what are we seeing right now with that? Because that kind of ties into this price question. If there's more supply out there, prices are going to come down. If the supply is tight, prices are probably going to go up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the supply issue is kind of a tricky question. On the one hand, inventory levels have been falling since last year. And there were some concerns at the beginning of the year you know, that we were going to kind of have this lack of supply because people weren't putting their houses on the market as things have been selling and inventories have been dropping. Um, on the other hand, we have seen um, new listings being increasing. So people are again putting houses on the market. We are kind of getting this, this easing in supply or this increase in supply. At the same time, we've had builders um, putting new homes on the market, um, which does further increase that supply level. You know, it is for new homes rather than resale homes, but overall supply is kind of increasing. Um, one of the problems that we're having or that we could potentially face there, though, is, you know, things like lumber prices that have been increasing significantly. So, you know, as those prices go up, builders might find it much harder to actually complete projects or even start projects. So we might not have, you know, that, that ease in demand a little bit just because of <clears throat> kind of the inability to build something and put it on the market. So, you know, again, declining inventories, yes, which kind of puts a constraint on supply, potential of, of no new houses or few, fewer new houses being put on the market, um, diminishing supply, yes. But at the same time, we're seeing people still putting houses on the market. So there is that kind of easing of supply. It, it really does depend on kind of, I guess, the market that you're looking at, um, as well as people's general motivations. 
I didn't put it in the questions, Chris, but I'll, I'll put it to you here. As we kind of come off restrictions from COVID, usually that comes with maybe increased immigration. Now, is that also going to put another a little peak upwards on prices here? Because over the last you know year and four months, people have not been coming to Saskatchewan through migration uh, out of country. Is that going to factor in as we kind of move through this next few stages of the, the post-pandemic? Absolutely. You know, immigration is is also kind of a little tricky issue. You know, generally when immigrants first arrive anywhere, they don't end up buying houses, they end up renting houses. But over time, they end up kind of being um, demanders of property. And I'd say even, you know, when they are here and demanding rental units, there's still kind of increasing demand. You know, there is still that need to supply housing. So, you know, landlords will end up buying houses or whatever to meet that rental demand. So yeah, I think as immigration levels kind of return back to normal, and I do know that the federal government has planned to actually increase immigration numbers from their previous target to kind of make up for what was lost last year, we're probably probably are going to see um, in kind of the, I'd say probably the more medium to longer term, an increase in demand for housing from immigration. Do you folks track any rental numbers in the province or strictly buying and selling? We only do buying and selling. Um, CMHC does more of the rental stuff. Okay. So just getting back to the list of questions here. So how many homes are currently on the market and how is that different from the average? Okay. So, so for this one, again, because we're kind of mid, I guess, I guess a little closer to the end of the month, I went with, with two sets of numbers. So at the end of April, we had 7,182 active listings, which was down about 20% from the five-year average. Um, so far in May, we've had, or I guess we are at 7,590, so almost 7,600 listings. That's down a little more than 22% compared to the, to the five-year average. And I, I do think that part of this is tied into that whole supply issue that we kind of talked about already. You know, um, as there's less supply, there's less, I guess, houses on the market. So I asked you this last time and you did a really good job forecasting what was to come. You predicted continued growth in 2021. And you just talked about how we're seeing uh, a shortage of supply around 20%. So does that mean that as we continue into the summer season, that we're going to continue to see a hot real estate market? And what other factors go into that other than just supply? Yeah, so I think we're, we probably are still going to see a, a hot market, as it were, probably not as hot as it has been just because of that reduced supply. Um, another kind of issue that we are facing is the, the new mortgage regulations coming into effect on the first, like you said. Um, I think those are going to kind of cause the market to take a bit of a hit. When similar changes were introduced in 2018, um, we did see a spike in sales right before the new rules came into effect. And then right after, um, we saw about a 7% drop in sales. Um, and, um, you know, I know the, the new mortgage rules are kind of intended to help to reduce the price appreciation that we've seen. But the previous rules only led to about a 1% price decline. So there is kind of that idea that, you know, Yes, this will impact demand, but it's not really going to have that great of an impact on prices. Um, so now, again, I don't really anticipate as big of a spike in sales this time since the new regulations were announced about 12 days ago, or um, I think they had about 12 days to go in effect, whereas I think the previous ones had about a month or so. Um, but I do expect, again, we are going to see that drop in sales. 
Um, with newer regulations, people won't be able to secure as much financing as they were in the past. Um, and given where prices are, you know, they, there might not be as many potential buyers. Now, one of, I guess, the, the upsides or, I guess, caveats to that, um, you know, potential buyers were, are still going to qualify for a mortgage. They'll qualify at a lower amount, of course, but they could opt to buy um, a lower priced house. That said, you know, as more people continue to be immunized and we're able to get back to normal, as it were, you know, people are more confident about the economy um, and about the future. And we've, we've definitely seen that already um, kind of going forward, especially with May Long. Um, we're still seeing activity that's way above where it has been in the past. And I expect that to kind of continue going forward again, probably not as strong as previously, but still fairly strong and probably much stronger than, than it has been the past few years. So still really good news if you're looking to sell your home that there's probably still good opportunity here. Absolutely. Fantastic. So Chris, I want to just kind of throw one at you here, just to hey. something that's come to my mind. So during the pandemic, people wanted to get into houses because you were more, you know, stuck at home. As we kind of hit post pandemic era, will we see a shift back to condos as people are able to, to go out more and have a little bit more freedom just on a personal kind of uh, opinion base? Do, will we see a little uptick in the condo market as we kind of come out of the pandemic? That is a good question. Um, I, I really don't know. Um, I, 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 my gut is saying, um, uh, yeah, you know, there's so many factors that play into it, I guess, but you know, I, I guess my gut would be again, that, that, you know, people are probably going to be wanting homes more just because um, it is a, their own sense of space. You know, I think kind of what the pandemic has shown us is that we do like to have our own space. Um, you know, yes, we like the community. We like interacting with others. But I think there is still kind of that, that I need to have my own space that is isolated from other people in some way. A condo might not allow that. An apartment definitely doesn't allow that. So yeah, um, yeah, again, gut, absolutely, you know, kind of move more towards a single family. Um, but again, there are gonna be people who do want to, to live in a condo, um, want to live in an apartment. In some cases that might be by choice. Sometimes it might be out of economic necessity. Really great point. I really appreciate your opinion on that. Before we wrap up everything, Chris, is there anything else you'd like to add on the topic of Saskatchewan real estate and kind of where we're going? Yeah. So one of the kind of big stories or ideas that's been floating around since the pandemic started is that people are going to be moving to these smaller communities because prices are generally lower in those places. And, you know, with people being able to work from home, there's kind of that idea, well, I'll be able to work from anywhere. Anyways, I can live in a much smaller community. Um, this is certainly true. You know, prices are definitely lower. People can absolutely work from anywhere. I've heard anecdotal reports of this happening, but I've also heard anecdotal reports of this not happening um, in certain communities. So again, it really does depend on the community that you're talking about. Um, I think, again, this really speaks to the local nature of real estate. Some markets again, are seeing people move in. Other markets aren't seeing people move in at all. Um, I do know from a broader numbers perspective, though, um, we aren't really seeing this mass migration of people from larger centers to smaller ones, but rather we are seeing kind of this migration from smaller communities into larger centers. Again, it, it really is kind of a local issue and it really depends on which market you're talking about. It's hard to paint the, the, the market with the same brush as it might be different in different places. Absolutely. 
Excellent. So Chris, last time we, we had a, an ending question for you. This time it's a little bit different. If you could go back and give a younger version of yourself some advice, what would that advice be? So this is probably the trickiest question you asked me and it took me a while to come up with something, but I finally hit on it and it's use dumbbells instead of a barbell whenever possible and stretch a lot more. I'm, I'm going to need an explanation for that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in my younger days and even now, you know, I was a, kind of a big gym rat, like to go to the gym all the time and I love to lift weights and I, I'd say heavier was my motto go as heavy as possible um one of the downsides of that especially using a barbell is you kind of end up compensating on on one side because one side tends to be a little bit stronger than the other so you use the dumbbells don't focus so much on on going as heavy and kind of try and make sure that your your body is balanced because when you get older those imbalances that you've amplified because of improper training make things a little bit harder and as for the stretching you know you get older you get much tighter you, you'd wish that you had stretched earlier and unfortunately i knew when i was younger that i should have stretched and didn't and you know so i guess part of it would also be make sure that you follow the advice that you tell yourself or that you know because excellent I, ne on. I never thought we'd be getting workout advice on, on the podcast here, but I really appreciate that. And everyone should stretch more. Right? Flexibility Absolutely. is a really important thing. Absolutely. Stretching is probably more important than, than weightlifting. And I'll, I'll even go as far as say it's a little bit more important than cardio. There Although cardio, it, is cardio is still important. And this is coming from a guy who, who doesn't like doing cardio. I really appreciate all the information, fitness and real estate related, Chris. It's always a, a big pleasure to have you on. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and, and sharing your knowledge with us. Not a problem. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks again to Chris for coming on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like and subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. We'll see you here next week. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.